0: think I'm successful right now like wherever I am right now I think I'm at that spot and it's a continuing thing as a human for me for Peter world yeah I think just being able to make people laugh I don't know I know it sounds so cliche (laughs) yeah I mean I think that's for me is fulfilling
1: Awesome, and we're fun, and we're very good looking. So I
2: feel like. Okay, goodbye. I like that, but I also. Oh no, that's wrong. You're already already wrong. New journeys, new beginnings. Life and all its ups and downs. And I like the universality of. We're just humans, right? We're just trying to do our thing and get (laughs) by. Your Angle. Welcome back to Angle, the podcast that talks about success and defining it in your own way, where people come on and talk that you would never know existed and that are doing wonderful things all day long. So today we are here with Peter. Can you introduce yourself?
0: Hi. <laughs> <laughs> Hi, my name is Peter, longtime friend of Tanuki Oyefe. Woohoo. Year and a half friend term uh, with Allie. <laughs> I'm a musician. I'm an artist. And I am ready for this podcast. And this is the first time I've done this. So for any podcast. So I'm a little nervous. If you can hear it in my uh, uh, voice. <laughs> I'm very excited to be here. I've been listening to other podcasts to get ideas on how to act.
2: <laughs> That's hilarious. Because we probably say- Well, why don't you us like what are you doing and where are you living why are you there what's been your journey for the past let's say 10 years
0: past 10 years okay so i am pennsylvania born right outside of philadelphia and then i recently moved to chicago i'm living in chicago right now i came here to pursue improv and all things theater and acting and it's been a long journey to get myself To come out here, I performed a lot of music. I have a background in performance and theater. I specialize in a guitar. (laughs) (laughs) I play the acoustic guitar after COVID, still going for it. I'm gonna continue. I'm gonna continue on. Yeah, it's been fun. It's been rough. The artist's life is never easy, Mm. but it is fulfilling. And I can't not be on a stage or just do silly things in front of people, or that's just who I am. (laughs) I can't, it's never off, always on.
1: But in a good way, I think, Peter, I think.
0: No, no, it's definitely a good thing. I've come to terms with that in the past 10 years.
1: (laughs) Because there are some folks who can't turn it off, and they're just always going, and that's fine. Like, that's a choice. But I also think when it comes to, like, Humor
0: consciously Con- consciously yes. on
1: consciously on, yeah, I think when it comes to like yeah. humor and like making life a brighter, mm-hmm. funnier, just less crazy place, but sometimes more crazy in a good way, you're really good at that,
0: <laughs> thank you <laughs>
1: Can you tell us about your improv journey, like me and Ali like can you tell us about that?
0: yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. I think a lot of it it clicked in high school where we did it was during senior year. And our theater director introduced the idea of doing an improv show as our last senior show. And I think that was the time that Whose Line Is It Anyway was just like super popular. And that Love clicked. That. yeah, mm-hmm. I don't know. That always stuck with me. And I've always wanted to continue doing it. Took, <laughs> I didn't do much in, in college with uh, performing. I think what the most I got out of any kind of performance was performing with my brother, doing live acoustic shows and just doing private parties. And then probably four or five years ago, I there is a theater in Philadelphia called FIT. It's Philly Improv Theater. Oh. And my friend introduced me. He was in the theater for some time now. He had been doing it for a couple of years. But they introduced me to the theater, and then I got in, and I absolutely reconnected to it, and I fell in love with it. And that's when I found out about Chicago's massive improv scene. So I had a couple of friends out here, and then I just took the journey out here, continued it. So, I don't know. I really, really like it. I really enjoy it. And it's just nice to have that community of like-minded people. So.
2: Do you think that's what drove you to it? Was it the community that you felt the best with?
0: Yeah, yeah, absolutely. A lot of the people out here are very helpful. It's just nice to watch other performers because when you think you're like, oh, okay, I I know what I'm doing. And then someone does this like one move or some technique that they learned or they're just really great at it. You're like, all right, mm-hmm. I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs>
1: Always something I mean, to learn. The
0: fun of improv is just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then that's the fun of improv.
2: I feel like that's also the whole reason, you know, that's life really much are kind of explained in a nutshell. Like you're gonna, it's not just a constant stream of great job, great job, great job, success, success, success. It's like, well, you gotta have some moments in there where you gotta learn how to pick up the pace again or like get yourself off the ground, you know?
0: So, restart. We mm-hmm. start with a new technique. Yes. Yeah.
2: Hmm. So why is Chicago, I kind of know the answer to this, but I don't know for sure if it's right. Why Chicago? Like, what is it about Chicago that is improv?
0: Yeah, this place is like the Mecca for improv. And it's insane. It's insane at how many theaters are devoted to it. But it's not just in the last year and a half. I mean, improv is definitely, it's useful as a performer. But what has also helped is that you kind of discover new things too. And it's yeah. not just that too. There's so many different opportunities in to get into entertainment, and I think that's something that's always been a a goal mm-hmm. or a part of like a massive goal. So,
2: well, something just came to me when I think of improv, I think of a very smart human being, and I think of someone that is thinking on their feet,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: that can put words together quickly and can pull cues from anything happening in the room. And I'm wondering especially because I feel like, now correct me if I'm wrong, but I feel like people give you energy. Like, I think you have a really good vibe around other people. Like, you're very easy to talk to. And I wonder, do you think that came from the people you grew up with and the way your family interacted, that you can communicate well? (laughs) Does your family improvise, Peter? (laughs) No way. What what can of worms have I (laughs) opened?
0: Oh, we can go into family talk. (laughs) (laughs) It's always been... No, my parents are great. They they never really, they honestly, they never really believed that this, like making a a, a life out of this kind of ambition it was ever a thing. Mm-hmm. I think the one person I connected to the most uh, was my brother or is my brother, brother and sister, my sister and brother. <laughs> 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 They're so fun. They're so cool. They're unique and they have their own sense of humor and it's, just i don't know my brother is so out there he's nuts he's crazy he's just like
1: i think what yeah, i the yeah. word i'd use to describe your brother is uninhibited in the best way when i watch <laughs> him sing or perform or just be you have per- no idea who he is <laughs> I don't know him
0: i'm just kidding <laughs> who is he he's just yeah. so
1: like he's so fearless and i think when you're in comedy or you're in the world of improv and performing, you have to leave all your fear at the door. And he's so good at that. You're good at it too, Peter, though. Cause I've seen you in improv shows back in the fit days. And I'm just like, how did he think of that on his feet? And like, I'll literally <laughs> watch like 99 people just go falling on the floor at like one thing that you do.
0: <laughs> and it's Thanks. amazing.
1: It's amazing to Thank see. You. Yeah.
0: I appreciate that. Yeah. My parents, I don't know. My mom is definitely. She's more outgoing than my dad. My dad is more reserved and a quiet hard worker. And yeah, that was just his life. And I think what helped the most, and it's actually more recent than during my childhood, was actually, like I said before, like performing with my brother. His name is David, by the way. Mm. Yeah, he built like this acoustic guitar playing empire all by himself and (laughs) like started playing out shows and all around the city and down the shore, he started playing private parties and he invited, he started inviting me cause I started playing guitar as well. And he invited me to all these shows and he basically has taught me the best improv that I do is actually when I perform with my brother.
1: That's it's true. It's so funny. You two are like a comedy musical act and I love yeah. that you're named after your sister. Like it's just really <laughs> cool. Or your band is
0: named after your sister. Our duo is called Jessica's Brothers. Uh, (laughs) And it's just
1: the funniest.
0: I really wish that we could be mic'd, not just like mic'd on stage, (laughs) like just actually be mic'd and just listen to the things that we say to each other. Like the audience has no idea what is going on and whatever we say is never funny to them. But it's just we like we'll be in the middle of a song and then we would have to stop. We would just have to stop because, like, we did or said something so dumb or (laughs) something so ridiculous. But, I mean, that's my own personal entertainment and enjoyment. Like, it's not for anybody else. It was that, I don't know. I get the most out of that. And I wish that I could take that and then be like, hey, world, this is what I think is funny. And you should think it's funny, too. (laughs) (laughs)
2: I think that speaks to so much. I think you just proved everyone's points there with the fact that it comes from your family. First off, like your confidence and your people. You have this very strong crew. And then all your good energy is when they're around you. And so your best comedy comes out with your people. I think that is... Honestly, I think that's primal.
0: Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Super primal.
2: (laughs) I've never had someone thank me for them
0: primal that's <laughs> uh, not the first a... time
2: <laughs> human
0: yeah thanks I don't know it just feels I don't know I think it comes naturally I guess when it just helps to listen I mean that's yeah. the biggest part of improv is listening and in life
1: yeah Ooh. that's why we have two ears and just one mouth <laughs> to listen twice as much
2: that's so true <laughs> I, I think Oh man, the the steps and strides we would take if people were good listeners across the board. Ugh. I know
0: <laughs> My yeah. gosh. Yeah.
2: That is a big piece of what you do too. Because if you if I think about people, I've watched a lot of improv and living in LA, friends would do it. We'd go to their shows. And that's like you're carried from listening. You have to listen to what each other what you're saying, or else you don't know. I mean, you have to take your cues like very much real time from who's around you. If it's sketch or, you know, or and I'm very impressed by that. In all honesty, I, yeah, that is not how I think I can't do that stuff.
0: (laughs) Oh, you can, (laughs) you definitely (laughs) can.
2: Did you ever
1: teach improv courses?
0: Uh, no, no, no. I buddied a bunch of them and I, that's the extent of my, me teaching anything. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I mean, the community in itself, especially when people are show the interest of improv, it's like, oh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I can do this. But then you'd be so surprised at how quickly they pick it up. That's the one thing that I love seeing is like, yeah, you got this. You, this is so fun. And I don't know if it's naive. I don't think it's naive. But I feel like this, you have to be in improv. You have to be so positive to your partner. And just make them look good in itself that you look good when you make them look good. Mm. Cool. Not just like have them sit there and be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing.
2: An energy bounce.
0: Yeah. Mm. Yeah. So.
2: Makes sense. Mm-hmm. What's your day to day? Like, what's your routine? Like, do you wake up and have to make time for like comedy from 11 to 12 and you write stuff or is there someone that you work with that you call every day? How does that work?
0: A lot of it. Honestly, I, a nonstop writer. I don't know sometimes it's just out of whatever is coming to mind i draw a lot that helps creativity oh. yeah music itself i would just pick up the guitar and just start playing i mean it's just random times out of the day but if something comes up i'll i'll write it down i have so many videos of me playing guitar like they're unarchived and i, I need to find these videos some they're sitting all on my computer so
2: it's oh, like yeah. my brother
0: oh little baby ben
2: (laughs) yes always making videos i feel like it's such a therapeutic way to use your time too you know so but yeah i'm just curious because i am a total noob when i think of comedy like i don't even know like to make money as a comedian do you have to be touring or can you just give people content like if can you get to that point where people are paying you to write for them like
0: i am still learning all that honestly really Yeah. yeah oh yeah i i'm still learning there's so much information out there to figure it out like my friend right now is i mean actually i'm very lucky to be living with roommates that are also performers they're pretty much i feel like a lot of them know the ins and outs of it honestly that part i'm still learning the business part is always (laughs) the most difficult to learn and to get used to so yeah if you (laughs) man if you guys figure anything out you should Put me well, on another angled show.
2: <laughs> I've definitely considered having someone write my content on Instagram to keep it funnier, but it's it's scary because I needed to sound like me, but I want to like add a punch to it. So it's going to be a process. I'm like not ready. So I want to kind of step back with Peter here, and if you go back in time, like we were saying, we went over your journey a little bit, but clearly, I'm assuming you didn't start like you didn't graduate high school and do comedy, right? Or did you.
0: I did not. I did not. I went into uh, college and (laughs) not really knowing what I wanted to do. I felt like college was a little, I think I went the route of finishing high school and then going into college. I really, I honestly did not know what I wanted to do. What came out of it was I ended up graduating in elementary education.
2: Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. Yeah. But then I did it for a little while and realized that it wasn't something that I was passionate about, like, and not into much something that I wanted to pursue. Mm -hmm. And that's when I got introduced to start playing shows with my brother. I was like, okay, Mm -hmm. I think this is something that I can get used to. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Entertainment has always been in the background of my head. So... (laughs) i get that and then it just i think in my early mid-20s i'm like this is this is blossoming (laughs)
2: this
1: is
0: this thought is blooming there's something growing yeah i don't know it's always just been there
2: well i'm wondering because i think for people listening and thinking about the idea of success and moving and changing your path as you go Were you ever scared? Like, what was it that didn't... Because some people would have been like, well, I love music, but you know, my degree was this. I had to make money and here I am. And they never do it. So what do you think is different in you or what was different that really made you say, screw this, I'm not doing that?
0: It's so real. It's so real. Yeah, it's a... I always think about this when it comes to... This works out for a lot of people. This industry or these ambitions and dreams do work out for a lot of people. Right. And it's not celebrated. It's not widely celebrated. And I feel like going a traditional route is pushed on a lot of people as they grow Mm -hmm. up. Yeah, I think that's where a lot of my personal fears come from, to be able to go this route. I'm always pushing to find something that works for me using my qualities. Wherever it applies to, that's a part of just being myself and I think that that's for a lot of people mm-hmm. self-expression can I make a career out of that can I make that dream come true right right and it's possible it's possible it's rough I mean I'm not gonna lie sometimes it's I know a lot of artists right now that are that are they're hurting-
2: mm-hmm.
0: financially because there are many opportunities to perform but they're making it happen they're going along with it So
1: yeah, that kind of makes me think like when it comes to a career in the arts, it's almost like you have to ride the wave, find the momentum. And in a year like the one we've had, where some industries have been, if you're in healthcare, you might've been overwhelmed with the amount of work there is to do more than usual. If you're in the arts, it might've been a kind of a state of crisis in that there are so many places that shut down, so many theaters that weren't able to reopen, so many film sets that were, you know, on hold for months and months at a time. My question is when you're in a field like this one that requires for you to maintain momentum and maintain positive thoughts, what are the things you kind of tell yourself when mm. you're in those stretches of time or in those seasons when momentum isn't moving as quickly as one would like. What do you kind of tell yourself to get through?
0: Uh just keep pushing. Like in this state of being yeah. <laughs> especially in the year, it's just gotta keep writing. I don't know. Write and draw and just find ways to surpass what's happening on the outside. And then eventually we come out of it and then we have more material we have material that we can work on there's time to develop whatever you need to do keep pushing <laughs> mm-hmm. just keep pushing and connect stay connected with the people in your in this community and reach out it definitely is hard it's there are days where you're just everyone has it mm-hmm. I'm just like I don't know if this is working yeah Stay positive and negative. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> it's All that fine. Happens, right? Yeah, it's either way is fine. Either way is fine. I think in just thinking about balance of, of staying positive and staying, or not staying, but just like having moments of you think you're not feeling too motivated. I mean, things can come out of it. Ideas can come out of it.
2: Are there people you've stayed more connected with, you think? And if so, do you know why?
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, (laughs) as far as performers or people in general or the people I speak to frequently?
2: I think the people... Like that you make a point to talk to on purpose more frequently. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, like Tanuke, I will call on purpose because she's like this light of energy that like (laughs) brings, you know what I mean? Like I choose to have, stayed in touch with Tanuke for the reasons like that. So that's as an example.
0: Yeah, that's the best example.
2: (laughs) I love y'all too.
0: (laughs) I mean, yeah, I stay connected with the people that I still frequently talk to. They, man, I don't know what I'd do without them. Honestly, uh, yeah, really, they have so much to contribute in my life, and not having that will just make me go absolutely bonkers. <laughs> I would go bonkers. It's real. It's so real. What
2: are they contributing? What are these things?
0: Therapy, uh, <laughs> <laughs> right? Just ideas, laughter. They just understand. Uh, my sense of humor and I understand theirs. And it's so easy to speak to the people that I speak to. I don't know. I think we just all want to keep in touch. Everyone just wants someone to talk to. And in general, I, and I love that I have these brain to brain personal connections and it helps so much. Like I don't have to (laughs) go And be like, Hi, my name's Peter. And I blah blah blah. blah. What's your name? Dating? What are you doing? (laughs) That is a whole different field that I do not want to touch upon right (laughs) right now.
2: So kidding. I just being it's like feels like that first date bullshit. Yeah,
0: yeah. Oh my god. I hate small talk podcasts. (laughs) (laughs) I am not a fan of small talk i mean some people like small talk i don't know i don't know but you have to be absolutely insane if you like small talk we
1: want to know what's like at the depth of each person's soul and what's driving their existence and what their purpose is for being Yeah, that's what we want to know you know just that sort of stuff
0: (laughs) i know i know
1: (laughs) nbd just like no big deal just what drives you every day why do you wake up like why did you wake up today
2: But I'm trying I really want to get I want you to like say out loud. I feel like we're we're inching, we're almost there, but it's like you're Mm -hmm. connected to these people, it's brain to brain, it's obviously deeper than small talk, but like what is it? Like without saying their name, like think of the one that you could call tonight just to make sure they're okay or to check in or if you have a question, like what is a quality about that person that has stuck with you? Like what is it?
0: You want me to throw out a name?
2: You can, but you don't have to at all. You can code (laughs)
0: them
2: call them back.
0: (laughs) I don't know. Oh, I have this one friend who lives in New Orleans oh. and I met her in 2008 or nine. And it's been te- like, it's so hard to make friends now. I feel like mm. like with to have that the same kind of personal connection that you've had a friend for, for like, I don't know, 10 plus years. Yeah. But we met each other. I used to be, well, I bartended at this one restaurant and she was a server and we both didn't realize we didn't realize at the time that we graduated the same year at our college.
1: Oh, your college was a pretty big college with a large population of students all over Philadelphia (laughs) and the world and the world. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And the world. Oh yeah. Right in the city. But yeah, we didn't realize, but it was instant connection. And then from that, they like we still talk to each other i mean honestly one of the realest people that i know and who is very honest like even when you don't want to hear mm-hmm. the honestly the, honesty, <laughs> yeah, like, the truth but it's a lot of, people who can give relatable advice are the ones who listen and know you the most
1: mm-hmm.
0: i think that's the the quality is that again like back to just being able to be vulnerable and open yourself up and have that feeling reciprocated not mm-hmm. to feel ashamed or not to feel like you're being judged or being silly.
1: Mm-hmm. Or like, I really like that. I was talking- Don't
0: gaslight me. <laughs> 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 that, <laughs> that's the quality that everyone should have. <laughs> Don't tell me I'm crazy.
1: <laughs> I was just going to I don't even know what I was going to say anymore. (laughs) What I think I was going to say was it's so important to have um, relationships where we can be shameless, like where you're not constantly carrying a burden of, oh, did I say the right thing? Oh, did I do the right thing? Uh," It's like we've gotten to a space and time where we've all been so divided and we're connecting through these screens and even just interacting with people. And as we begin to reemerge and, you know, start socializing again, like thinking about social cues, thinking about what to say, how to say it, when are we standing too close? Is this six feet? Like, who knows? But it's just like, I think when it comes to those interpersonal relationships with people that will stay with you through multiple seasons and those friendships that you can build on for years and years, it's just those who you can be free with, those who you can be uninhibited with and not feel afraid or ashamed or like you have to censor what you're saying and it's like kind of like with leaving your fear at the door when it comes to the arts and being a keen improv star it's like you also want to make sure that with the relationships that you know you're building whether they're artistic relationships or not like just people you want to hang out with and get to know I think that that point that you make is really important Peter and yeah people who don't gaslight you because that's not healthy either
2: (laughs) (laughs) it's funny you mentioned that like It fascinates me how some people, it's so easy for some people to just not respond to communication.
0: Mm, That's real. (laughs) That's so real.
2: I don't get back to you. I feel bad about it. If I miss it, I feel worse. Like, I leave my text messages unread so that I know when I go to open them, I can actually respond. Like, Mm. and then I think about the people that just bail last minute, they don't call you back. It's like not even on their radar. Like, yeah. When did that start? Like it just boggles my mind.
0: Yeah. That's annoying.
2: <laughs> <laughs> agree. Agree.
0: Yeah, I don't know. Do you feel like for the both of you, do you feel like there is a shift though where people are more willing to open up? Because I feel like I don't know. Maybe it's just my on my one? Yeah, like in general to communication as a whole to express themselves more freely. Do you feel like there is that kind of energy where people are more willing to do that these days?
2: I think no, actually. I think social media has given a platform where some people are and they've taken it to levels I wish they didn't because I'm like, I didn't need to know that shit. But <laughs> at the same time, I think basically on how politically divided and emotionally divided we have become that more people are afraid to say what they want to say versus letting it out.
1: Mm. I think that's, Allie's perspective is great because I think it's a perspective of like a wider view of like the population. As Mm -hmm. I interpreted that question, Peter, I kind of thought the opposite, Allie. And like, I was thinking about like, when we go places we haven't been before, like to a cafe and you're standing far from someone, but you maybe haven't really gone into cafes all like that. Or maybe you're at a grocery store or I'm finding, maybe it's just me. I don't know. Maybe strangers just like to talk to me, but I'm finding that there are more strangers striking up conversation with me about just to talk to a person. Like I'll be standing in line for ice cream and the people next to me will be telling me things about like their life and their, their son who's worked in a hospital and seen all these COVID things. Maybe because I have a friendly face. I don't know. Strangers just talk to me. (laughs) Because I'm seeing like, I'll, I'll go to like a store to go buy a shirt and I'll spend like 15 minutes talking to someone just about like shirts. Because I'm finding that because people's circles of socialization have changed, or maybe some people's haven't. Maybe that's just my scope here in Philadelphia. But I know that across... The board, you make a really good point, Ali. We are much more divided as a society than we have been in past years and in past times. And I think that plays into how people relate and what people convey and what people do and do not say. And then there's also the whole world of social media, because social media allows for people to hide behind a screen and just go ham on Twitter. So (laughs) there's also that aspect,
2: but there's mm-hmm. lots of ways to interpret that question.
0: I like both those points.
2: It's funny. You mentioned hiding behind Instagram. I feel like this whole like YouTube phenomenon before we even had really social media influencers. Well, I guess we did have Instagram influencers, I think. I don't know the timeline. But YouTube provided this way to essentially become your own celebrity, right? right. And so you're on camera by yourself, you don't have to like please anyone and you can be by yourself at home. And they've created these personalities. And then without even realizing it, their followers are like trying to emulate that. Mm. And then they're upset. They don't even know them. But all of a sudden, the fourth wall is kind of gone because you can comment and like talk. And so it's on that note, a friend of mine without naming any names or accounts has somebody involved in a retreat with her. And on Instagram shows this version of her life, like being a mom, not having childcare, but like crushing it and working, and then meanwhile you meet this person, and they do have childcare, they have help from their family, and they don't talk about that. So this person either does, is insecure about that, or just thinks she has to put on something for Instagram that's actually not her life to be branded. And I just think it's so sad. But then I see the logic. But I I go back to how sad that is. But like, why would you ever feel like you don't need to be real? I feel like we're more attractive. To what's real, and it's those narratives that we can relate to, aka community, right? That you can thrive.
0: Great example. Oh,
2: thanks. Um, And I just talked to her today, and I was like, "Oh God, that's such a bummer." Like she basically like lied to the world, you know, on Instagram, and then you meet her, and you're like, "Oh, just promoted isn't even feasible." Thank you for not really being supportive of
0: this (laughs) mom culture. You know, what a weird culture.
2: I know! <laughs> oh, no! Weird, I know! I know. It's
0: such a weird, weird culture. Yeah. There are some, wherever it may lie, I feel like there is some good that come out of it. But it can be heavily overshadowed by too many opinions <laughs> that are not valid.
2: <laughs> that is so real. Opinions that come from a quarter of the experiences that you're arguing with. Do you think, is there an experience, would you say, Peter, in your life, like on your journey to where you are that felt like a turning point? Like, was there a moment where you're like, oh my gosh, this person, this show, this club, whatever it was, like, where you're like, okay, I can do this. Like, this feels
0: right. I am such a ham for live shows. And every show I go to is, always feels like a turning point. Like, there's always... <laughs>
1: That's good! There's
0: always a new idea that comes out of it. Yeah. The Book of Mormon. I went to go see it on Broadway. It was just so, so offensive super offensive (laughs) that's accurate that's completely it's super offensive but the creators of south park matt and trey they just do it in a way where it's like all right i'm gonna be offensive to everybody and (laughs) i probably shouldn't have enjoyed it as much but the production itself was so fantastic it's an
1: incredible show
0: (laughs) it is so good the music was amazing the lyrics and just them tying the entire story together
1: and like the overall statement (laughs) they're making about everything in the world and like
0: yeah it's a simple statement about how mormons want to freely and peacefully spread the word and it just goes into this completely outlandish idea of how they get to it but that is it's so creative it's so creative and i was like i need to go home And I need (laughs) to learn how to dance. I need to figure out. (laughs) I want to learn how to dance. Dancing, I don't know if anybody, nobody knows this. But I love dancing at weddings. That is where I shine the most. I think people who dance at weddings and go all out, it's like they think in their head, like I do. I'm like, this is our time to shine. (laughs) (laughs) like, Like people who aren't performers are like, This is the closest I'll ever get to wowing any audience. And just, God. (laughs) That's so real. I mean, see, that's the thing that I want. (laughs) Like, can someone hire me to professionally dance at a wedding and be the... (laughs) Life
1: life of the party. I almost think you can. And I think it's called like an energy producer. And I think Tiffany Haddish did it for years. Like she started with bar and bought mitzvahs. And then she moved up to weddings and she would just like pick up like grandpop from the chair and dance with him and like dance with people and like get uh, your version of it would be quite different, Peter, and unique to you. But I think it is a job. I think you can get paid and I think people have done it and become quite successful. (laughs) (laughs) That is so smart.
2: So smart.
0: Yeah. I need to be a Tiffany Haddish.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm kind of glad that you said the offensive part actually, because as a comedian, I'm curious if this is true. Like I've noticed a lot of comedians and especially ones that are like really good, like they just they go for it. They pick out the nitty gritty like stuff you're afraid to talk about, even like mm-hmm. family issues they have or stories about being a minority, like you know what I mean? And
1: yeah.
2: and they really take it home and it's interesting because like no matter the audience, it always clicks. It always works. Kind of like how Chappelle has mastered that. And he is just, Mm. I mean, he's brilliant. Yeah. But is that a real thing? Like, is it? Because I always feel like comedy is the stage where anything goes, right? And you can make fun of people. You can make fun of things. You can be crude if you want. You don't have to be. Like, is that something that kind of comes with the territory or is that totally stylistic, you think?
0: That is a great question. I think over time, I mean, that's where the continuously writing part comes in. It's just, it's going up there and figuring out your craft, and that's also a part of the craft as well. Mm-hmm. Whatever goes, I mean, there are some really, really offensive, like crummy comedians out there, mm-hmm. but I think the best ones are the ones that are able to think outside the box, and you don't have to be offensive to be funny. Right. That's true. Those are the best and most creative and the ones that stand out are the ones who can curve around all of that and be able to craft that that like punchline with like 2 minute story that's not my that forte like that's not my area but i think i've noticed that so
1: but i think that's like a great observation because it pinpoints comedy that resonates with people and can kind of be seen as like successful and i like watching comedians hone their whole presentation and it's mm. it's just cool to go to places like flappers or the laugh factory or whatever city you're in and watch someone like build their set and it's not easy to do but you start with 5 minutes and you get to 10 and then all of a sudden you have like a 30 minute set which takes a lot of work and in my head i see that as like tweaking something until it becomes a success so like, mm-hmm. when it comes to you, Peter, when it comes to your craft, when you're playing guitar and you're mastering a guitar riff, or you're figuring out how to make everyone at the wedding laugh because you're on the mic saying amazing things and like, just bringing so much joy. Because my pants
0: accidentally fall. <laughs> or because of,
1: you know, physical comedy. <laughs> like, like, how do you, in your own craft, in your own sphere, in your own world, like, how does how does success live? Like, how do you put a name to it. How do you define it?
0: Hmm. These are all good questions.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Brain benders. You're welcome.
0: How do I define that kind of success? I think a lot of it will have to do with just saying that perfect line or interjecting something like, I think my favorite thing about it, about making somebody laugh or, no, that's the success part is having somebody laugh mm. or getting someone to recognize or notice like whatever thing that I said. I think my thing like in the back, I'm like, I feel like I've discovered that I'm a background person.
1: Okay. What does and that I, mean? And
0: I, I like that. It's like standing there and having somebody talk to another person and just listening into that conversation.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I'll consciously inter. I like to consciously interject
1: yeah.
0: with like a punchline or something, but have that conversation continue. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm.
0: That's success for me. If I can just continue making people laugh, then I'm, I'm fine. I I'll like be that. broke forever, but that's cool. I don't, it's not, not a problem. <laughs> it's Not a problem. <laughs>
2: Would you align that with success? like on your own level, even aside from your career, I feel like because making somebody laugh, it also drives relationships in general, right? right? Like you keep your friends around, you know? Mm-hmm. And I think, again, primitively speaking, here I, I go. to love it! it. <laughs> their podcast. Yes. I love it! Laughter is medicine. And I've read things about how even like within mating, like back in the day, like it's important for like the male to be able to make the female laugh, which I thought was mm. fascinating. Mm-hmm. It's like one of your, like, what do you call that? Not a trait, but it's like one quality of your, um, skills, skill? skills? masculine. Skill I don't know. Yeah. skill set. that like helps you survive in the wild because you're going to get a mate to stick around. You know what I mean? Like that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. So I'm wondering, like, would you say that is a solely comedian success? Is that Peter success? Or is that like, human nature success to like keep that laughter
0: consistent. I like that question. Did everyone get these questions? <laughs> no. They're just for you.
2: It inspired me, Peter. I don't know what's happening.
0: WTF. I'm just <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> is that ye- yeah. <laughs> no, no, don't be sorry. I really that's a really good question. I don't really I don't know what the heck is success? I mean, success like I feel yeah I for me personally I think I'm successful right now like wherever I am right now I think I'm at that spot and it's a continuing thing as a human for me for Peter world yeah I think just being able to make people laugh I don't know I know it sounds so cliche but not at all actually I don't think
1: anyone has said that before in our podcast, that, <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, that's not cliche.
2: Officially unique, Peter.
0: Yeah, I mean, I think that's that's for me is fulfilling. It's a, it's just a goal to just be that. I, that's just how I'm wired. I think, yeah. But hmm. it makes me feel good. So if I feel good about something, then I'm successful. <laughs> and if I'm making the other person feel good about themselves, then yeah, that. To is a part of it. It's like an amalgamation of all these things that just, I personally do not know how to define success. And I, that was just like, it's such a a vague description of what it is. But I think for the most part, that's how I see it.
2: Well, I think what you may not be saying, or I don't know, correct me if I'm wrong, but
0: speak it out for me, Allie, because man, (laughs) (laughs) you came up with this question.
2: (laughs) Um, I think you're connecting with a feeling that feels good to you. And it is natural. Like when you make somebody laugh, it's real. You can't take it back. It's an instinctive reaction. And I think more people than you would think are actually afraid of that and don't want to attempt being funny because they're just assuming and convincing themselves that they're not funny. And so believe it or not, not cliche not basic, none of the above, because it's actually not that easy to be funny. So I think what you, we are highlighting and realizing right here is that, that that is your gift. That's a huge skill and not everybody has it. So, oh, I made Peter cry. <laughs> 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 does that make sense? Like, do you know what I mean? Yeah, like it's, yeah,
0: it's, it does. You
2: follow that feeling. It's like your heart talks to you with that, you know?
0: How would you two define it? Ooh. Now the tables have turned.
2: <laughs> well, I guess
1: I think Ali and I technically asked each other these questions like a lifetime ago when we started not a lifetime ago, but at the beginning of this process. Yeah. And I of I don't know. The podcast
0: know, process?
1: Yeah. We interviewed each other.
0: Oh, that's oh, a good one. Yeah.
1: We're episode one. <laughs> or maybe episode 10, 10, 20. I don't know. We might be the first or last episode. Who knows? <laughs> but hey. I don't know. I almost think it's like cool it. to hear everyone else's perspective first and then, but it, I think for me, at least, I think what I had said was that finding success is finding like a balance, whether it's a work-life balance or a balance in relationships or a healthy balance when it comes to getting enough vitamins, you know, like it's just, for me, success feels like there's a balanced life and a balanced routine and that mm-hmm. something that you've built is sustainable and I think when you have that sort of thing, something that's consistent, balanced, sustainable, that that to me looks like success. And I don't think many people have said, oh, success is $1.2 billion. Like I haven't heard anyone say anything that specific. (laughs) I haven't read or heard. And, you know, we, we have different markers of success, like success is being on the Forbes list or success is getting that shout out at the Oscars or success is, I don't know. Or an Oscar. Or, yeah, that's getting better, (laughs) isn't it? Right? Because it's like, you didn't get the Oscar, you just got the shout out. But some people would say, no, none of those things matter. Like, success is being happy with yourself when your head hits the pillow at night. And success is making sure that you can look yourself in the mirror and be proud of what you do. And I think when we think about all the different ways to define it, there are so many different definitions based on each person's experience. And like, yeah. that's the part that's cool because all these definitions are right. Like there is no wrong one. Yeah, <laughs> So it's yeah. like,
0: I, yeah, I mean, of
1: if it's $1.2 billion, but you give it all to like education, then hey, you know what? I mean, we're using it for something good. <laughs> I completely
2: forget what my answer was. Oh, yeah.
1: Dang, I should remember because I interviewed you.
2: <laughs> I don't think I could have told us either one. And thinking about it right now, I just want to be able to afford that pillow to lay my head on at night. <laughs> I mean, I just, am like happy to, yeah, I don't know. I think it came over time. I sure as shit couldn't have told you. I wouldn't have said the same thing five years ago. Definitely could say that. But yeah, I think having your people in check and being able to wake up and want to do your routine, mm. I feel like. It really speaks to inner peace. If it's making your own hours, if it's traveling, if it's, you know, like if you can find a way to sustainably wake up and like what you do and excited to have a day, I think you're doing something right.
0: That is so important.
2: Yeah. So, and those things don't always mean you're making a lot of money doing it. It just might not work that way. Like if you want to be a VP and you want to own Yahoo or you want to be... Topic Google, be my guest, but good luck with your calendar. I am hard pass.
0: Yeah. (laughs) No, thank you.
2: Yeah. But those people have a ton of money and that's fine. Like you do you. But if I don't make a million waking up being chilled out and like not freaking out every day to do something, like that's just me. (laughs) Peter, thank you for interviewing us on
1: Angled Podcast. We greatly appreciate (laughs) you asking these insightful questions. You're welcome. Thanks for having us.
0: (laughs) Thanks for having uh, two of my guests today are. uh... (laughs) (laughs) Can you close us out, Peter? Like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Thanks. Bye everyone. (laughs)
2: Oh, no, I'm not letting you get away with that.
0: No, (laughs) no. What
2: words do you want to leave with people? Like if you are able to tell somebody something like a mantra to live by and what, what would that be? Get through your day
0: anything anything my gosh go for a hike i like go that. for a hike go for a hike find a walking stick that stands out and <laughs> take it home with you decorate your house with it anything you want to do with it whatever you can do that pushes you to find whatever you want in life go for it don't doubt yourself. <laughs> You're way more you're way there's so many possibilities, and there is so much a person can contribute to society and you there it's it's all in us it is <laughs> anything you want done, baby, I'll do it naturally. I'm every
1: woman <laughs> Peter, where can we find your info? Can you tell us about where we can follow you on YouTube? i <laughs> on social media.
2: <laughs> I know that Peter is single and this magic is available on the market. Hey, let us know,
1: Peter. Hey.
0: God. Yeah, I, I'm on YouTube. Speaking of social media, I'm on YouTube. I do have a ton of acoustic covers. Every now and then, I make songs with yours truly, Allie oh, and Tanuke. We both, all both three. with great, great singers. One's an amazing teacher. The other one is an amazing photographer.
1: Aw, thanks, Pete.
0: Yeah, find me on YouTube, find me on Facebook. My telephone number is 6105.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Social Security
0: number (laughs) one. There you have it. Yeah, I love you guys so much.
1: Thank you for joining us on the Angle Podcast and making time to talk with us. It's been a
2: joy. That was cool. If you'd like to re-listen or hear more episodes, you can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, and iTunes under the name angled podcast.
1: You can follow us and get in touch with us on Instagram as well. Our handle is at angled podcast.
2: Thank you so much. See you next time. What's your angle?